0: All right, folks, as much as I hate to interfere with good fellowship and conversation, i got to live up to my reputation. Somebody just called me on it. It's 30 seconds past, (laughs) Helen. So let's get started. I would say that I hope that you just had a good session, but I'm going to say I pray that you just had a good session. Uh, So thank you, and I've said this to two or three people, and just for your thoughts and prayers, this that we just talked about and had some experience with, we just have barely touched the surface, barely. And so please pray and think about any future things that we can do, need to do, would do related to worship-based prayer, Um, classes, retreats, anything like that. So let's be thinking about that as we move on through days to come. All right, now let me give you a little introduction to what we're about to do for the next... uh, well, four, five, six hours, something like that. We'll be through by 7 o'clock tonight. Now, why do you all laugh when I say things like that? Because I want you to laugh, because I'm not going to stay that long either. No. I'm going to talk to you about 45 minutes, and you're going to talk to each other about 45 minutes, and we're going to wrap up, and then you can eat some more before you leave at twelve thirty, one o'clock. Uh, that'll be your lunch, I guess, or whatever you want to do, because we'll be through then. Communication skills. Now, what I'm going to do for the next few minutes is I'm just going to give you some basic interpersonal communication skills. It's related to listening a great deal and listening and listening and then listening some more. Because that is one of the things that is absolutely necessary because all of us like to talk. (laughs) We like to say what we want to say. We like to say what is in our minds. And we all do a pretty good job of that. And all that at times is very, very good. But if we don't listen and listen and treat other people with... The care of listening, and that is an emphasis kind of word, then we're not going to be in good relationships. So, now, these communication skills are very basic. They are applicable to you and your family, you and your spouse, you and your friends, you and your work setting, Uh, some of the... Some of these skills you've already studied in training and in leadership and so forth like that. So I'm hoping and I'm real pleased to know that there are many of you that will already know some of these things. But we're gonna go over these things. I encourage you to think, take notes, whatever you feel like you need to do. Now, when we finish this session and we break up into our small groups, uh, the transition team, the folks that are leading your groups, have been instructed to listen. Because during that next period of 45 minutes, we're asking you to talk about what you see, think, know, need, realize about Kings Grand Baptist Church. Because we want to do everything that we can to hear from, we meaning the transition team, want to do everything that we can to hear from, the, from you, from the people of the church. So that will be the emphasis that we do at that time. All right, now realizing everybody in here is a good listener, right? Amen. Scott, did you say amen? Yes. Scott, see me in my office at one thirty this afternoon, please. He just got called to the principal's office, folks. No, Scott, huh? I heard that. You heard that. Okay, what did I say? I was listening. Yeah, give me, clarify, would you please? (laughs) All right, I know that many of you, and I hope all of us are decent listeners, but we do struggle with that. Why? Why do we struggle with listening? Because we're selfish. There it is again, folks. You notice how many, that come, how many times that comes up? Selfish, sinful, flawed. It's just part of our disease as human beings. But in the Lord, and with decent consideration in relationships, we can work really hard and in some many, many ways overcome our selfishness. So these skills are part of listening to other people. Hello. Helps turn this thing alone. All right. There are four types of communication skills or uh, types of listening. Two of them are not so good. Two of them are good. Inactive listening. This is the kind of listening you want to avoid. You don't want to do inactive listening. Because that means you're just not paying attention. So that is out of the question. Selective listening. When I introduced this to uh, the transition team a couple of weeks ago, uh, Todd says that's what we all do. Todd, didn't you say that? Selective? <laughs> that's probably what I did with Steph. <laughs> That's what you do or Stephanie does? Steph that I do all oh, Stephanie says selective listening. Do you understand what selefting you know, you're with somebody that you love. Yes, Todd, thank yeah, you for I did say that's because she's right. I said I didn't say she right. <laughs> Okay. Well mm-hmm. Todd, Todd's under conviction right now. Y'all, y'all, y'all leave him alone. He's he's getting hurt and upset. So we don't want <laughs> we don't want Todd to get hurt and upset. Sorry, I didn't hear you. <laughs> keep laughing folks selective listening that means you listen to the parts that you want to hear or whatever you agree with or what like yeah that's right now active listening and reflective listening that's there but active listening this is when you make a conscious effort not only to hear the words but also to listen for the complete message the speaker is sending These communication skills that we will go over are designed to help you and me hear everything, to experience, to know what the other person is saying. Reflective listening. Now think about the term term reflecting. What do you usually use every day that reflects? A mirror. That's right. Well, reflective listening is you hold up a mirror to the other person. And let them know that you are just handing back to them what they just handed to you. You're reflecting it back. It takes in the whole message. is particularly important if you're dealing with a complicated issue and resolving a conflict. Because reflective listening is used to clarify what is being said. We're going to talk a lot about clarification. Now, I'm encouraging you and I to take initiative. Now, we're all just a little bit lazy when it comes to listening. And so take initiative. Even when people tell us to let us know when they have a need, often they don't. Some people feel, and by the way, this next phrase, I absolutely hate. In the Christian community, we need to put this completely in the trash can. I hate to bother anyone. The word imposition, or I don't want to impose on other people, please, please, in your Christian experience and relationships, throw it away. Now, I grew up in the South with wonderful parents, dad and mom, and they didn't want to impose on anybody. Ever been there, folks? mm mm-hmm. You just don't do that. You handle your own stuff. You just don't put out your dirty laundry anywhere. Well, does that what is that what the Bible says? Bear one another's burdens, care for each other, reach out to love each other. So, if and I've said it and I will say it over and over and over, I want to hear from you while I'm here as your transitional pastor. And if you say, I just hate to bother him because he's so busy. Yes, I'm busy. I love being busy, okay? I told my wife a couple days ago, if I make it through the next two weeks, I'm going to survive for a while. (laughs) But I love being busy, so do not say... I just don't want to bother him. and The only way you can bother me is if you need or want to talk to me and you don't. Then that bothers me. So please take initiative toward other people. Knowing when to take initiative requires sensitivity to others. It's called discernment, folks. Do you know that discernment is a gift of the Holy Spirit? Do you have the Holy Spirit in you? Yes. Yes. Because I believe I'm looking at however many people, 60, 70 people. By the way, thank you for being here. This is a good turnout. But I'm looking at 70 people that are Christians and they have the Holy Spirit in their lives. And so knowing when to take initiative requires sensitivity to others. You will need to develop the ability to detect and amplify even faint signals for help. Why why are they faint signals for help? Because other people don't want to bother you. <laughs> We're back to that same thing. God awakens. Here's your Holy Spirit discernment. God awakens sensitive to others in different ways. How did you know I needed someone right now? Have you ever had that experience? You go to talk to a friend or brother or sister, and how did you know? Well, you didn't know, but the Holy Spirit knew and he impressed you to reach out to that person. And what a joy that is. So take initiative. And here are practical ways. And this doesn't even take much initiative. It just takes paying, paying attention. A wife enters the hospital for surgery. A parent dies. A husband, a father loses a job. A couple announces that they are separating. Teenagers arrested. One person is feeling and expressing anger toward another in the church. These are very obvious things where we can take initiative and say, can I help or can I hear from you? Can, can you talk to me uh, so that I can assist you? So take initiative. That's part of the Christian experience. Now, when you do that, be sure that you give attention. Are all of y'all paying attention to me right now? Yes, I'm going to look over here. Is anybody asleep? Are you asleep? (laughs) Well, I'll I'll talk to both of you right there. See, I just got two messages from the back of the room. (laughs) Okay. Please, please show with your body language that you want to listen. Look at the other person. Maintain appropriate eye contact. Smile. Smile. Are you all smiling right now? No, don't fake it. Okay, actively listen with your whole self. Okay? Uh, somebody came up and talked to me. Maybe it was first thing this morning, and I realized, oh, I know. Billy, it was you. This young lady got back at, what, 12.30 last night? Somewhere thereabouts. Yeah. Somewhere Somewhere to thereabouts. Thereabouts. So, like one. To one. Yeah. She's been on a trip. Glad you got got in a trip, and she thought she was going to get back at 2, 2.30 in the morning, and she told herself, I'll never make it to the meeting. Well, thank you for wanting to come to the meeting. Actually, I said, God, if you want me there, you need to make this last email long." Amen. <laughs> and she, her, her flight was on time, but she still got here at 12.30. Well, she came up and to told me that this morning, which I was very thankful for. And What did I do? I don't know that she noticed it, but you see how I sit on my little stool here? Well, when Billy came up to talk to me, I sat like this. (laughs) True? Now, why is that? Because I care about this lady, and I'm thankful that she is here, and I wanted her to know that I was paying very close attention to what she was saying to me because she chose... She took the initiative and came up to me to share that. Concentrate on what the other person is saying. Now, concentrate. I'll tell you something. People talk to me sometimes and they say, Well, Dr. Solomon, is, I wish I was a counselor like you because all you do is sit around and listen to people and talk to them. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Do you want to sit for six or eight hours and concentrate every single minute? Well, you don't have to do that in a counseling situation, but in your Christian ministry, in your Christian relationship, in your family, yes, concentrate. And that takes discipline. That takes you or I committing ourselves to the other person and saying, I'm going to pay attention, I'm going to, Really listen to what they're saying. You will be tempted to let your mind wander. Now, I know nobody in here does that, right? When I'm talking right now, you're all right in tune, right? Uh Uh-huh. Right, Mike? You bet. You just came back from your daughter's baseball game. (laughs) Absolutely. But we do have a tendency to let our minds wander and that takes our concentration off of it. We think about something else or to interrupt. Occasionally during the conversation, call the other person by name. Do you know everybody's first name in here? Huh? Most of them. Please let me say to you, this is maybe not on the subject, but it is on the subject. You're sitting in your family meeting right now. You're sitting in a family conference right now. You're sitting with your brothers and sisters right now. Make sense? Y'all agree with that? Please agree with that before I scream, okay? Before I fuss at my family, okay? (laughs) Well, then occasionally when you're talking to your brothers and sister, you know, say, Charlie, I'm really glad that you're sharing with me right now. Well, what does that say to Charlie? What What did that do with Billy a moment ago? I, I gave them an affirmation that I'm glad to talk to them, glad to hear your story. Say their name occasionally. That's a good thing. Sometimes you will be in a situation in which a person wants to talk to you, but you do not have enough time. Now, this is really important. In fact... Where's Tom? Tom, this morning I felt a little uncomfortable. Tom loves to talk to me and I love for Tom to talk to me because he gets all excited about things that are going on in a good way. But they were working around and I was scooting and Greg was out in the hallway and he was asking what room was he supposed to be and I didn't remember like I got the rooms messed up a minute ago. And so Tom was talking to me as I came back through here and I'm walking like this toward the door, and Tom's talking to me back here. Well, I wanted to hear what Tom was saying, so I turned around. But as I turned around to look at him and give him attention, I felt myself sort of backing up because I was rushing to tell Greg what, what room he was supposed to be in. Yeah. What'd you say, Tom? Everybody does, Everybody does that. <laughs> Tom. I promise next time you talk to me, I'll do the same thing since everybody does. (laughs) And you know I'm joking, all right? So please, please, if you don't have time, please set an appointment with the person. How about that? Wouldn't that work? Hey, I can't do any more right now. I've got to go pick up my kids. They're getting out of school at 4 o'clock, and I've got to be there but if you'll wait on what we're saying, I'll call you at 7 o'clock tonight. Now, what what did I just do, or what would you do? In it, You just made a promise. That's right. If you make a promise at 7 o'clock, then unless you're sick or interfered with in some drastic way, you make that call at 7 o'clock. But that's certainly okay to... Set another time. All right. Pray for the Holy Spirit to quicken your mind and increase your discernment. He will do his work. He will help you. And discernment is very important. I am very pleased that one of the the things that the Holy Spirit has given to me is discernment. And to be honest, sometimes I know things that I'm not even sure I know, but then I know because I check with him. I pray and I ask if I know this, and then that helps me to to help people. All right, here's a word. Clarity. That's a very important word, and part of your listening has got to be to establish clarity in whom? You. If you're listening to somebody you may or may not really grasp all of what they're saying. And so you got to do some things to clarify. And this that we're about to talk about fits into that, into that area. This is the skill of restating what the person's words mean to you. Now, that's the key because you're listening, okay? Somebody else is talking to you. And so what you need to do is to learn how to restate to them paraphrasing the content of another person's verbal communication in order to give the other person an opportunity to clarify and explain the words. Now, at that point, the clarification becomes a two-way street because if you hear something from somebody, in fact, where's Bud? He must have left. I was going to use him because we were in a deacon's meeting. Did Bud sneak out on us? Okay, well, we were in a deacon's meeting. Uh, this was two or three months ago, maybe before I even became transition pastor. And somebody was talking about listening and clarity, and Bud made some statement like, I really want people to do that. And I looked at Bud and I said, Bud, it seems like you really want people to do that. And he he started chuckling, because what I did right there is called reflective listening. Now, sometimes it seems a, just kind of, simple and almost foolish because what you're doing is you're paraphrasing what you've just heard. You're putting it into your own words, but simply not long sentences, but simply you're handing back to the person that is talking to you what you've just heard them say. And then you can even follow it with, am I correct? Or is that what you're Seeking to communicate with me? That's a question that will draw them out even more. All right, assuming that you know what a person means without giving a chance for clarif- clarifying or explaining the words can lead to severe communication problems. Did I see somebody raise a hand over here? Okay, sorry. I want to be sure and pay attention. Okay, so clarify. Any question about that? All right. We go on. Listen for clarity. It has several values. It indicates to the other person that you are listening. It's amazing. In conversation, in counseling, in ministry, if you look at another person and you hand back to them some of what they're saying to you, it draws them out. Why? Because it affirms the fact that you're interested in them and you're interested in hearing from them. It provides an opportunity to clarify the meaning of the words. You can go from there. You can ask questions. You can draw them out and say, Am I correct, as I said a moment ago? It gives, gives the other person the opportunity to agree with, modify, or completely change. You're understanding the message. Remember that if you're listening, you're doing it for them, not for you. Now, re- again, we've got to work on that because we do a lot of things for ourselves. Listening is something you do for the other person. Because your goal is clarity, you're not trying to analyze, evaluate, judge, agree, or disagree. Now, even when you go to your small group in just a moment, I have said to our transition team, We're not in the process of overly discussing things that we're going to listen to today. We're not in the process of analyzing. We're not in the process of fixing. We want to hear from you. We want to hear what you are thinking, feeling, knowing, saying, wanting, and that sort of thing. We're not going to evaluate or analyze or try to fix anything today now that will come with God's help and with God's leadership all right say back to the speaker what does this mean when you're clarifying say back to the speaker using your own words what you heard was said do not repeat word for word what they said but use some of the same words pick out key words now what do you have to do in order to pick out key words you have to listen And you have to pay attention. Active listening. And concentrate. You have to reflect. Now, see, I love it when you all start handing back to me what I've said. All right, sometimes an introductory phrase or a follow-up question is appropriate. Choose words that you feel comfortable. Now, I call these cheater phrases. Now, that is what it is because there are certain phrases... If you're listening to somebody else, that you can say back to them like, it sounds as if you are saying da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And you hand back to them some of the words that they just gave to you. What I hear you saying is da-da-da-da-da-da. It seems to me that you're saying da-da-da-da-da-da. Uh, as we go through all of this, you're saying da-da-da-da-da-da. I'm sorry, they're not saying da-da-da-da-da-da. You understand those are the words. <laughs> But those are cheater phrases, and if you haven't ever done this before, those will help you, and I promise you that the first two or three times you hand back to them exactly what they said, you're going to say, that was the stupidest thing I've ever said, because it does sound simple, but it is very powerful when you're dealing with somebody and you're seeking to minister to them. All right. Look, everybody, at the first of these two words. Stop talking. Remember to listen. And you can't listen if you're talking. That's very, very important. Right now, I'm talking more than what I want to be because I love to listen. Listen. But you got to stop talking. Listening may be the most unselfish, unselfish, unselfish of all activities. James said, be quick to listen slow to speak. Obviously, you cannot listen if you're talking. Please do not interrupt. Please do not interrupt. Is everybody hearing me? I'm not going to ask you to hold your hand up, but there are a lot of people in here that may have a habit of interrupting. What would you say? Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Don't interrupt me. (laughs) But please don't interrupt. Yes, ma'am, Vicki. What what would be a comeback if you repeat back to them what they've said and their response is, no, I didn't say that. Okay. Would you... Well, response, my next response would, would say, would you please clarify? Would you please tell me again? I want very much to hear what you're saying. Even though you said pretty much what they said. Right. Because I've had that happen before in counseling. Yes, so ma'am. Saying, no, that's not what I said. Well, and there you just got to, we call it processing. You have to just dialogue with your, the person to whom you're speaking or that, that you're listening to. But again, at that point, the whole key is to find out what they're saying, what they're meaning, how they're feeling. They may not even know what they're saying. And so it gets a little muddy right there, folks. But if you just kind of stay with it and be patient, we're going to talk about that in a moment, don't rush, don't panic, (laughs) then usually you can work out those things. So back to don't, don't interrupt. We anticipate what the person is going to say and complete the sentence for him or her. How do you feel when somebody interrupts you? It's aggravating. aggravating. Is it? Why, why are y'all turning to each other and sort of whispering in each other? <laughs> uh, I just said I, I know she doesn't mind. <laughs> she says, Let me finish. <laughs> <laughs> Let me finish. Okay, now in a loving relationship, which as Christian people we are to be about, then we need to let the other person finish. Yes, sir. Okay, <laughs> so please don't interrupt, please. The practice is rude and it is the furthest thing from good listening, all right? Anybody else want to make a confession on interrupting? Yes, ma'am. I just want to say when somebody completes my sentence, and it's not the word I want, then I don't know what I want to say anymore. <laughs> now, there's a good point. There is a good point because you just told us that it takes away your thought of what you intended to say. Now, is that what listening is supposed to do? We're not supposed to take away. We're supposed to amplify what the other person is wanting to say. And if we do these things, then amplification is a good word to put in there. All right. In listening, you've got to remove distractions. Now, we're going to the home here a little bit because noise is a major distraction. Television. How many of y'all listen when, or try to listen when the TV's on? Turn the silly thing off. you got one of these in your hand, right? No. no. Well, he does. Well, <laughs> oh, now I, I'm sorry, Todd, but Stephanie was really clapping when she said that. I have no idea what you're talking. Well, let me clarify, okay? <laughs> now, <laughs> if he does, then ask him to turn it off. Not if it's his shirt. Well. Okay, have you got a pause button on your TV? I wouldn't know. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I tell you what, sometime on down the road, you and Daryl come to see me, okay? (laughs) I love to laugh, folks. That's okay. But television is, please, even before mute buttons and, and remotes, particularly when I had two young girls, my children, my teenage daughters. I'm thankful, and I guess the Lord showed me this, but they would come in the room to talk to Daddy, and I would turn the stupid box off. Now, I'm not trying to put the spotlight on me. I'm being thankful for the fact that I had that impression to show that kind of attention to my girls. And I'm telling you, I, I hope, I believe I did it, every time that they would come in and the tv was on so remove distraction so you can listen when the telephone rings in your own home or office now in my office if i'm in counseling or when i'm in counseling my phone rings a lot in my life and that's okay but when i'm in serious conversation with somebody else and the phone rings i'm very thankful for voicemail. Because the only reason that I will answer my phone or check my text if you're sitting in my office talking to me about life or the Lord or anything else. The only reason I will, the only time I'll check my phone is when it dings twice because my family has a two ring emergency signal. Meaning if it goes ding and then ding, I'm going to pay attention to it and now usually it's not an emergency but I do answer it then. So the phone is not the primary thing in our lives. Listening to the other person is a primary thing. And so you can handle that. Many people have subconscious habits that distract others. These include tapping fingers, fumbling with a pen. Anybody fumbling right now? Yeah, I just saw you fumbling with your straw there a little bit. <laughs> Jingling keys or coins, glancing at, I'm sorry, gosh, guys, it's almost time, uh, or looking away at other people in the room. Don't do that. Remove distractions, okay, so you can listen. Listen for understanding. You can ask open-ended questions, just like I said, you know, please feel free to say, can you please talk to me more about that? That's a very legitimate question. Can you please tell me? Can you please is a good phrase. It is polite. It is considerate. You're wanting to affirm the other person. Questions should be short, clear, and to the point. Don't say, if you're seeking to listen, don't say a lot in any of, of this. Listen for understanding the values it has. Asking a question gives the opportunity to do what's called a check back. To check if you are accurately interpreting what has been said, you're checking back with the other person. You ask them a question Am I understanding you properly? And you say whatever you're understanding and you're checking back with them. Value, you care about the other person when you ask them legitimate questions. But questions need to be based on what has already been expressed and they allow you to follow the direction the other person wants to take. When you're listening, the other person is in charge of the direction, not you. Because you're listening at the point of wanting to help them, to minister to them, to understand them better, to those kinds of things. So let them establish the direction. When people come in to talk to me, I never know what I'm going to talk about. And I'm fine with that, and you've got to be fine with that. And yes, you can say, oh, but I don't feel prepared, and I don't feel adequate. Well, then pray and realize that you've got the Holy Spirit in your life, and you can listen even though you don't know what you're doing. (laughs) And I do that. I've I've been in counseling for 50 years. Thank the Lord. I know a lot, but I don't know all of it, and and so I depend on the Lord to let me know all the time. So, please let the other person run the show in in these kind of ways. Using questions inappropriately. Now, be careful about this. Sometimes the question is unnecessary. Now, you may want to just fill the silences, and we'll talk about that a little bit in a moment. If you wait patiently, the person will sometimes answer your unspoken or unexpressed question as the story unfolds. Now, we rush too much when we're listening. Now, if you go slowly and just sit there and listen and reflect back to them and clarify and ask a couple of decent questions, but not... Then you're going to get more of the story and more of the story, and they're going to answer some of your questions. You can use questions to change a subject inappropriately, interrupting the direction the other is taken. This often happens when you ask a question to break an awkward silence. How do you all deal with silences? You want to fill them, Right? Oh, my goodness, silence makes me uncomfortable. I'm illustrating. Silence doesn't make me uncomfortable. (laughs) Now, y'all are thinking right now, did he just go to sleep? Or did he forget what he was going to say? No, I just want to illustrate that silences sometimes make us uncomfortable. And we rush to fill up the silence. And when we rush to fill up the silence, sometimes it takes the other person off track. And that's not what we're supposed to do. Allow emotion. Now, sometimes this is not easy on you because sometimes emotions are uncomfortable because we all have emotions. Sometimes feelings are expressed in ways that make you very uncomfortable. They express negative feelings toward God, toward your family, toward your church, toward other things. And you don't like that. And so sometimes you get a little bristled and you say, Oh, I don't want you to talk like that. Or tears. Folks, I'm sorry, but I love tears. Now, I don't want to. I hate it when you have to cry over hurt and grief and all like that because I hate the grief and the tears that, that are coming. But at the same time, I love tears because I've said to you that tears and words are the two ways that God gives us to get junk that's inside of us out of us. And I'm in favor of getting junk that's inside out because it's healthy. So sometimes people express these. Emotions. One phrase that turns people off, I'm going to give you two phrases. One phrase that turns people off is, I know how you feel. Do you? <laughs> no. Nobody really knows how I feel. Now, that just, now, and the other phrase that I will give you is, I understand you got to be careful about that. I will tell you a story. Years ago, as a young counselor, there was a woman in counseling with me, a young lady that had two kids, and she was going through a terrible divorce. And I had only been doing counseling for four or five years. I don't remember how long I had been doing it, but I made a terrible mistake. And all of my empathy and compassion for this young lady, I leaned forward, showed attention, and I said, I really understand what you're going through. She chewed me out for 30 minutes, and she was absolutely dead right, and she taught me a lesson that I've never forgotten because I didn't understand. There wasn't any way I could understand. I was happy, happily married. had two beautiful children uh, doing my thing with the Lord's calling, and this woman was walking through the swamp in terror and heartache and... And so don't say to people, I really understand what you're going through. Now, you can imagine. Yes, you can pray. Yes, you can be empathetic. But that's what you do through through listening. So don't tell people you know how they feel and don't tell them you understand. Allow silences. This is what we were talking about a moment ago. A period of silence gives a person to reflect on what has been said. Silence provides the opportunity to be sensitive to nonverbal communication. Notice body language. Are they squirming? Are they looking around? Are they establishing eye contact? Are, they, are tears coming out of their eyes? Are, are they grimacing with pain? All sorts of body language. Uh, notice body language that sig- signals such feelings as sadness, joy, nervousness, or relaxation. Sometimes a person is using a period of silence to decide whether to share with you at a deeper level. Please think about this. People have trouble going deeper. (laughs) And you, as a listening person, now you're not a professional counselor, and I'm not trying to make you one, but you are all, we are all Christian people. Now, what do Christian people do? They minister to others both other Christian people and others' neighbors and in the community. And so all of this is designed to help you reach out to people. So silence provides the opportunity to be sensitive to nonverbal communication. Sometimes a person is using the period of silence to decide whether to go deeper level. If you feel compelled to break the silence, listen, you may permanently block that move toward more openness. Do you understand what that just said? You may, if you don't allow the silence, if you fill the silence, you may stop them from going deeper into what they really need to say. And you may stop them, not just for the moment, but forever. (laughs) Yeah, I want you to take that as a big responsibility. I will too. Although we often fear silence, usually it only takes a few seconds. Silences don't usually last five minutes. You know, yeah, a few seconds. Usually let the other person break the silence. If you speak, you may interrupt an important thought, which is an inappropriate as is as inappropriate as interrupting a person who is speaking. So allow silence. Withhold judgment. When we criticize other people, they usually stop talking and get angry. Criticism. Now, you may disagree, and I'm not interested in you condoning everything that somebody might say to you. I don't, certainly. But be careful about any kind of harsh or direct criticism quickly. And please don't criticize listen to me. Please don't criticize when you don't have a relationship with somebody. You know what happens if you criticize when you don't have a relationship? They get angry at you. And rightly so. Yeah, yeah, it's a judgment and you haven't earned the right. Now when you relate and when you share yourself and when you minister to them and you build a relationship and you laugh with them and you pray with them, then... With God's leadership, listen carefully. I had a fellow in a church years ago, and he thought he had the gift of admonishment. He went around admonishing everybody. He would get you backed up to a tree, and he would preach to you for 15 minutes. Well, guess what? Nobody liked that guy. Okay, when you provide a climate of acceptance and love, people are more open and more likely to reveal what they know is inappropriate behavior and to admit where they are wrong. If you love somebody and accept them, then that draws them into more openness. And if you have a good relationship with them, that draws them into more openness. Be patient. Allow plenty of time. Trust God, do you know that it is possible for you to listen and pray at the same time? Amen. Okay? It is possible. I do it all the time. And I love that. And I'm not in any way saying I'm any kind of great person because God gives me the ability to listen and pray at the same time. So trust God. God to work in the other person. Pray for God to work in you and the other person. Do not expect all problems to be solved immediately. When you're listening and when you're ministering and when you're counseling and when you're building a relationship, you're not a fixer. Folks, I don't solve a lot of problems. I'm not a fixer person. I'm a listener and a carer and a guide. Yes, I do give guidance. I believe in giving guidance. Under God's leadership, I hand it to you or hand it to somebody else. But I don't look for immediate solutions to problems. Never lose faith in the other person's ability to solve his own problems. Do not make decisions for the other person's speed of the process. Oh, please don't. If you're out of time, say so. And we're running overtime right now, so I'm saying so. So I'm going to rush ahead just a little bit. All right, keep confidences. Confidentiality is very, very, very important because if you break confidentiality, you're going to break trust. Now, let me tell you what we're going to do in as far as confidences. We are going to ask you, the transition team are going to ask you when you go into your groups in just a little bit, what you think, what you feel, what you want, what you need, how do you see things going, da-da-da-da-da-da. And there's going to be one of the persons in, in your transition, in your small group, taking notes. Because the transition team, under my guidance, we are asking to know what is going on. What are people thinking and feeling and needing and wanting? But in the note-taking, no names will appear. So we're not going to say, Sheridan Barber said, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. da 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 we are going to, you know, do you understand that's keeping confidence? We're not going to identify that so-and-so said, because you may need to say some things that are intense or hard, okay? So keep your confidence. Who are two people that you would share, who would you know, you'd most want to go to and say, you know what so-and-so said? Well, your spouse and your pastor. Well, be careful about that because you need to be interested in the other person to whom you're listening. And if you need to feel like you need to share, now, if I need to know something, yes, I would love to know something that I want to help, but I don't want to know anything that's gossip. I don't want to know anything that's rumors. I don't want anybody to know anything that's gossip and rumors. Take that one to the bank, please. Please think about that because that's, that's just not right. But please be careful and at least ask permission if you feel like you need to, to share it. Okay, we're going to go ahead. Avoid advice and problem solving. People ask me for advice all the time. I don't give a whole lot of advice. I do give guidance. There's a difference. All right. Now, you're about to break up into your small group. You're going to go to the same group that you went to. Whatever room you were in, go back to that one, even though I got you all confused a minute ago. Uh, But please, these are the the, the discussion questions, so everybody would know the transition team have these but I wanted to put these up in front of you now you don't have to stick to these questions transition team you're in charge of your discussion group you're in charge of listening but I just gave them these questions just for conv- conversation starters Do, what are the strengths of, K, of Kings Grant what are the weaknesses of Kings Grant Who and what are we as a church right now, today? Who and what are we as a church today? And who and what does God want us to be in the future? Toward what are we moving? Think about that. Talk about that. Is Kings Grant moving appropriately toward the mission of making disciples in our church and community? Why am I asking that? What is the great commandment? The great commission? To go and make disciples of all. That's our commission. That's our mission. Is, are we moving appropriately toward that mission? And then if you've got one thing, now you may have five things. And if you need to say those to me or to some of the transition team, feel free to, but maybe not today. Write them down, give them to me, give them to somebody else. We want to know. and we're going to do a lot of that in the next couple of months, where we are going to be doing interviews and talking to you about what is needed here in our fine church. But what is it today? Do, do you have one thing in our church process that you would change? Anybody got any questions? I know I have thrown a lot of stuff at you today. I, I appreciate your attention and a little bit of laughter along the way when we pick on Todd, okay? But, if I heard you correctly, you really need to back to Dang, you're listening. Man, now see? Hey. One of the things I love when I teach people anything, if they start joking me about it, I know I had their attention. So thank you, Todd. I appreciate that. But if you call me back and I look well guess guess what my phone does, it's the same thing. If I if my phone rings it says Todd Mayo. And then if he calls now, maybe I ought not to say that because All right. Now, let's look at let's let me look at the time frame for just a little bit because yeah, we're okay. We're okay. Because I stayed within an hour. All right. Any other question or any other smart remark like <laughs> I love to laugh, folks. It's part of being a family. And I love to tease and pick and I love to be picked on except if I start getting my feelings hurt, then I'm going to cry. You know what? I gave up getting my feelings hurt about 30, 40 years ago. (laughs) All right. Now, look at the clock, please. I'd like for you to be back in here. No, a slight break, but no real break. But I'd like for you to be back in here at 1230. Okay, so you got 45 to 50 minutes. Go to your go to your same rooms please